Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Seavers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we are in the third play, Serviceman, and this is the first act entitled Brussels, and we are in scene one, Victory in Europe. It begins with Michael, the narrator, who is Stanley's son. The play begins in Brussels, Belgium, days after VE Day, following Germany's unconditional surrender of its armed forces. The 397th Bomber Group commanding officer gave his men a holiday. Stanley and John Sherry have a 72-hour pass. They are driving a jeep from Venlo, Holland to Brussels. The scene is in the Hotel Metropole Lobby Bar. The Silver King and J.J. Sherry sit at a two-top lit by a deco table lamp, and they're drinking single malt. The hotel, once occupied by the German Army, has been requisitioned by the U.S. Army Air Corps late in the war. Michael continues, Three years ago, as a University of Illinois freshman studying commerce in the spring of 1942, Stanley had decided to join the Army's Enlisted Reserve Corps. America was at war. The draft loomed. School could wait. He wanted to fly and serve his country. The ERC meant flight school over infantry. The ground war was churning through boys who would never become men. Over 16 million Americans served during World War II. One million men were in the infantry. Stanley considered the war an important opportunity for personal growth. He might see the world, learn essential professional skills, and perhaps live to see a different life. Michael reads from a letter his father wrote on May 11, 1945, from Germany. Dearest ones, I certainly have neglected you this past week, and I apologize However, under the circumstances, I'm sure you will forgive me, and too, considering the events that have taken place. Now that this mess is actually over, you must be as happy as I. Still, it is difficult to realize it's over. I was right in saying the anticipation was greater than the realization. The act of peace was taken calmly by all here. Of course, we all got tight, but there wasn't any presence of an air of celebration. Personally, I had thought that I would be elated beyond words when the end finally came, but to contrary, I don't feel anything at all. The only explanation I can offer is that the war in the Pacific is staring us in the face, and it isn't such a pleasant sight. You're probably anxious to know what will happen now, and I wish I could tell you something definite but I'm as ignorant of it as you are. At the present, we aren't doing anything, just waiting for something to happen. So don't expect me home anytime soon. I'll probably see the summer through before returning to the States. Just be patient and console yourself with the fact that I'm safe. I'm so glad Johnson was able to talk to you. Before he left, he promised to call or see some member of the family. It's a lucky break you happen to be in Chicago. 
I, too, am sorry you weren't able to meet him, as he is a swell fellow. I really hated to see him leave. We'll close for now, hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love and miss you, Stan. And P.S. A very happy Mother's Day, Mother dear. I'm sorry I can't send you any flowers. As the lights go up on this scene, the Silver King and J.J. are sitting amidst the amazing buzz of victory. And it begins with our hero. J.J., this is surreal. A scene unimaginable just weeks ago has become a celebration we've never seen. I'm not sure I've ever seen this kind of joy. A pure frenzy of freedom from fear, which must have seemed beyond their grasp. And J.J., it is unreal, King. Look at these folks. Their faces seem frozen, sheathed in weary smiles. And the king. And Brussels. I'm thrilled to see it. I imagined a darker, disjointed scene. Post-war chaos as civilians sought their personal pre-war lives. But instead, we're seeing a European Mecca come to life. It's impressive, startling, wonderful. And J.J., I'm amazed and relieved to find a city intact at the new edge of vibrancy. Let's find a hotel room before we join the festivities. And the king. Yes, the guys offered ideas. Let's find one with a good bar. The silver king will buy. And J.J. to the king. Damn right you're going to buy. You've been winning my money and everybody else's for so long. We're a little light. Let's find the Metropole Hotel. The CEO said it's now an Air Corps housing HQ. And the king flush with cash. You bet. Let's land a bunk and buzz the bar. We need to toast Festy's boys. I hope they're alive. And J.J., I think they may be, king. We need them to be safe. The warriors we know who lived through the war and went home, as we plan to do. As the lights go down on this scene, Michael reads a letter that his father wrote dated May 18, 1945, from Germany. Dearest ones, it was truly grand hearing from you today. I have your letters of May 2nd, 8th, and 10th. Why the others haven't arrived, I don't know. Also, I have your package, which was sent for my birthday. The fruitcake was really delicious. Thanks a million. You certainly had a grand visit, and I can understand how you hated to leave. It was swell that Sylvia got there. You must have had a wonderful reunion. And now that I know Cece is definitely there with you, I am very glad, as I am sure that she is grand company for you. Too bad you had to be on the train during all the celebration for VE Day. I can imagine how the people must have gone wild at the announcement. If only the war in the Pacific were over, there would be a real reason to celebrate. I'm glad you realized that I might be sent to the Pacific. With this in mind, my going won't be such a surprise. I still don't know anything definite as yet, so we can just keep hoping for the best. However, the best rumors have it that we are going home in four to six months. I suppose it would take that long for things to run smoothly enough to get us out of here. 
At the present, I'm not doing a damn thing but sitting on my fanny and reading everything I can get my hands on. It's a little boring. Yesterday, I received the shock of my life. I received a letter from Festy. You know, my old pilot who was shot down in February. It was the first word anyone had heard of the crew since that fatal day. When I saw his name on the envelope, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I'm more than happy to say that the whole crew is in good shape. They were taken prisoners after they had bailed out and were liberated about three weeks ago. Now they are on their way back to the stage, which they deserve. Next to the war ending, it's the best news I've had yet, for Festy was like a brother to me, and I had never really gotten over losing him. But now that I know he is safe, I feel like a new man. I can just imagine how his folks must feel. You might write Fomby's folks, but I'm sure they must have known by now. No, I haven't heard from Johnson. I suppose he is having too much fun to write. Undoubtedly, you have him confused with Ellis, because Ellis was my pilot, and he is the one that made captaincy. Johnson was our roommate. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly, hoping you're doing well. Love to Cece and Ida. I love and miss you, Stan. As the lights go down, we have reached the end of scene one, entitled Victory in Europe, in the third play, Serviceman. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.